Okay, um, so uh, you might be aware if you've been here this summer that we've been uh, looking uh, through this series of The Only Necessary Thing. Uh, and this morning, um, I want to look at how, the, obviously, the only necessary thing is to be, uh, to, to be sat at Jesus' feet. Uh, but in so doing, uh, as we do that, uh, that we get filled uh, with the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to be revisiting uh, Acts 4. Um, so if you were with us two weeks ago, uh, before Rash Burnham, uh, we, we had a video message from Jez, uh, and he was looking at this passage. Uh, but I want to look at it again uh, uh, with a specific focus uh, on the Holy Spirit uh, and really how he empowers and enlightens us. Uh, as we know, uh, if you're a Christian here this morning, it can be uh, a tough race. It can be a tough slog at times. Uh, and there are definitely times, seasons, probably where you feel like you're running on empty. You're kind of struggling along a bit. Um, and really what I want us to get out of this morning uh, is a hunger, a hunger for the Holy Spirit uh, who enlightens uh, us to the truth of the gospel, who makes it real to us uh, and empowers us to live for it. Uh, however long we've been a Christian, um, to keep pursuing uh, him and getting filled uh, with his spirit. Okay, so the first point I want to focus on, uh, the spirit uh, that empowers. Uh, we're going to be looking at Peter. Uh, so for those who don't know, Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, uh, and he was a fisherman by trade. Uh, and uh, he actually gave that up when he, when he encountered Jesus, when he met Jesus. He kind of gave that up and said, actually, I want to follow this guy. Uh, he's got something about him. And he did. And he followed him, and he learned from him, and he listened to him, uh, and he kind of sat at his feet. Um, and he was devoted. He was extremely devoted. In fact, when Jesus was saying to his disciples about how he was going to be arrested uh, and then later killed, um, and actually all the disciples were going to kind of run away, essentially, Peter was like, even, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. That's quite a, a, strong, uh, a strong line to say, isn't it? He was, he was that committed, uh, although at least that's what he said. The reality was when it came to it, when it came to that moment, uh, he did deny Jesus. Three times, in fact, uh, including to a, to a servant girl. So he knew what he wanted to do, uh, but he was unable to follow through on it. Um, we're going to, as I say, we're going to pick up the story in Acts 4, and I just want to uh, fill you in a little bit on kind of where we are from Peter's denial to, to Acts 4. Um, uh, essentially, Jesus was uh, sentenced. Uh, it was then crucified. The disciples were dispersed. Uh, they were carrying away. They were really confused and not really understanding what was going on. But then, uh, as we know, uh, Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, he reappeared to his disciples. Uh, and he specifically spoke words that Peter needed to hear. Uh, and he said, look, you're still a part of my, still a part of my plans. You're going to feed my sheep. Uh, I, I love you. I accept you. I know you've let me down, but... Uh, we're, we're, we're not going to focus on that. Um, so he forgave Peter, uh, and then Jesus ascended to heaven uh, and sent the Spirit. Okay, and that's what we're going to pick up on in Acts 4. So it says this, the word should appear behind me as well. On the next day, uh, their rulers and elders and scribes uh, gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Cephas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And then they had set them in their midst, 
sorry, and when they had set them in their midst, they inquired, by what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you. The builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men uh, by which we must be saved. Amazingly, it's the same guy. It's the same guy. That's Peter, the one who denied Jesus uh, to a servant girl. He's now stood before a crowd, uh, not just that, but high people who are hostile. They don't like him. They don't like what he's saying. And he's standing there boldly, boldly saying, saying all this stuff. And where's this come from? How did, how did he get from there to here? And it's, it's really a, it's, it's a process of transformation. As I said, Jesus spoke the words that he needed to hear. He said to him, you're going to feed my sheep. You're still a part of my plans. I'm not, you don't get sidelined for messing up, for dropping the ball. And not just that, as we, as we read, he is filled with the Holy Spirit. He's empowered. He's empowered to stand up there and boldly proclaim these things. I don't know about you, uh, but I love a redemptive story. I love stories like this. Um, and uh, being an avid football fan, uh, I had to get a football reference in there. I'm sorry if you hate football. Um, David Beckham. Okay, I don't know what's happening here. David Beckham. Um, France 98, if you're not aware. Uh, we're England are playing Argentina. This, this, sorry, France 98. This is when England used to turn up for major football tournaments and actually win games. We actually used to play football and stuff. Um, and we were there. We'd, we'd won, we'd won a, a, a couple of games. Uh, we'd got through to the knockouts. Very rare these days. And... We're playing Argentina. It's a big game, a lot of history, a lot of rivalry. Uh, and it's going, it's going okay. We, we're looking pretty good. Uh, uh, we score first, they equalise. Um, uh, but then halfway through the second half, uh, Diego Simeone, one of the Argentinian players, starts to wind up Beckham a little bit. And Beckham, for whatever reason, petulantly kicks out. The ref sees it. And gives him a red card. And you're there just going, what on earth? Like, we are playing Argentina. It's the knockouts in the World Cup. What have you done? What have you done? How are we going to win now? And obviously, it, we, you know, we did battle on, but we had 10 men. It was tough. We took them to penalties, but it's England and penalties. We all know what happens there. And so we lose and we're out. And obviously, all the focus is on David Beckham. What an idiot. What's he done? And he was ridiculed. He was obviously the papers slandered him. They caned him for it. And up and down the country, every away game he went to the next season, fans were holding up red cards and mocking him. What an idiot. He was the villain. Three and a half years later, he scores the goal to get us into the World Cup. We weren't even going to the next World Cup. Things have got that bad. We weren't even going there. He scored a last-minute free kick so we could draw with Greece, 
and get to the World Cup. He then captains the side. And amazingly, we're playing Argentina again in the group stage. He's the captain. We get a penalty. He steps up. All of that. He must have, he must have fought back four years ago. All of that on his shoulders. And he steps up and he converts the penalty. We win the game 1-0, which sends us through to the knockouts and knocks Argentina out. What an amazing turn of events. And I know I've lingered here for some time, but we love a redemptive story. And we love it because, for me, I know I love it because actually I know I mess up. I know I get things wrong. Uh, and I can take heart from, from Peter's story, really. That even though he dropped the ball, even though we have moments where we're just gutted about something we've done, we can never disqualify ourselves. Jesus speaks the same words of acceptance and he wants to empower us. He wants to fill us with his spirit so we too can stand boldly and proclaim him. As well as failings, uh, there might have been moments uh, where you look back on it and you go, actually, I know God was in that. Uh, I know I was filled with the spirit in that moment. That must have been God. It can't have been me. Um, for me, I can think of a situation where I'd actually gone into a pub with a friend and we were looking for opportunities, um, or at least we said we were. Um, and we, we kind of sat at the bar uh, and unbeknown to me, the, 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 there was someone at the stool next to me, but they weren't actually there at the time, they were off in the toilet. And they came back and he's a guy on crutches. And I was like, oh no, this, is, this, this, is, this could be interesting. And I get chatting to him and it turns out he, he had exactly the same knee injury that I've had twice. And I was like, oh, this isn't a coincidence, is it? But then, you know, there's all that kind of fear and like, oh, can I really ask to pray for it? Can I really kind of step out and say, oh, mate, I'm, I'm a Christian and I'd love to pray for you. Can I really do that? And then you just kind of get this, I don't know, you look back and you think, I, I did it. Somehow I did it. And it, it can't have been me. It must have been God. It must have been God in me. It must have been his Holy Spirit empowering me. Um, and I did, I managed to offer to pray for him. See, the Holy Spirit empowers us, doesn't he? We're talking about the Holy Spirit and filling us and empowering us, but what, what does it look like? What does it look like to, to be filled with the Spirit? And some of you might have seen some uh, kind of documentaries or movies where people like shaking violently on the ground, and you know, that might happen. Sometimes it's a physical thing, uh, sometimes it's not. Um, there's accounts of uh, people in the New Testament uh, speaking in new languages, earthly languages that they didn't know before. Uh, speaking in heavenly languages, filled with joy, filled with peace. I've seen people laugh, seen people cry, seen people shout, seen people fall silent. But you're always you in those moments. It's always for your good, and there's nothing to fear. That's the spirit. The spirit that empowers. Now I want to look at the spirit that enlightens. See, not only did the Holy Spirit empower Peter uh, to speak those bold words uh, to the council, but first Peter was enlightened. And we're going to go back even before Peter's denial. Um, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's saying, who do people say that I am? And they kind of come up with their answers. Oh, Elijah, you're a prophet and da, 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 da. And Jesus says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter steps up and he says, you are the Christ, 
You're the son of the living God. And Jesus' response is remarkable. He said, blessed are you, Peter, because it is not through flesh and blood that, that you know this, that this has been revealed to you. This is a spiritual thing. It's an enlightening. We're gonna, I want to look at, to, to see the extent of Peter's enlightenment, and we're going to look again at the, his response uh, and the way that, what, he, what he declares. Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is a stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. See, although Peter had kind of walked and talked with Jesus uh, and he'd seen him and obviously known about his death, he, before, long before his death, he realised who Jesus was. He had that moment of revelation. He saw Jesus for who he really was. And it's a spiritual thing. Jesus said that the Father's revealed that to you. It's through the Spirit. If you're a Christian here this morning, that same miracle has happened in your life. He has convinced you of the truth that Jesus is God. I don't want us to miss this. We were once dead in sin. We were once completely cut off from God with no way of getting to him. We were hopeless. We couldn't do anything to get to God. And it is by this name, only by this name, that the Holy Spirit, he came and revealed it to us. He said, this, this is who can get you back to me. It's Jesus. He can do that. You don't sit down over a period of Sundays and suddenly go, oh, I think I understand the Christian. It all makes sense to me. And I think uh, so, so, something spiritual happens in you. Your heart's enlightened to it, to this truth. I had a friend at university um, who, who was an atheist, uh, but he was just, it, for whatever reason, he just started getting interested in the, uh, in the things of God and came to church uh, and went to an Alpha course. And he was just... He would have a lot of debates, he'd have a lot of questions. And he went through this, he's, he's very kind of academic minded and he went through a lot of stuff. But ultimately, despite all of his studying and his questionings, in the end there was a spiritual revelation. In the end the penny dropped and he got it. And it's not, not him studying his way to God. That is the Holy Spirit enlightening him, opening his eyes to who Jesus is. As soon as we... As we, as we kind of see that phrase, that the only name, the only way uh, by which we can be saved, there, there might be kind of straightaway objection to that. That's a bit narrow-minded, isn't it? How can you say that in this day and age? How can you say there's only one way to God? Imagine a, imagine a situation uh, where you're in a burning building, okay, and it's, it's that bad that you're looking around thinking, I can't actually get out of this building. I'm done. Uh, but then in that, in that moment, just as you're thinking that, you see a figure coming towards you and it's a fireman. And he says to you, look, there is one way out of here. You need to go down this corridor, turn left and down those stairs. That way is clear. You need to go there now. You're not going to stand there and go, that's a bit narrow-minded. Surely I can explore a few other avenues first. There might be another way. 
you're going you're gonna to jump at the child. You're there. You're down the corridor before he's even finished the sentence. This, this is it. This is it. We've had the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've had the Holy Spirit do, us, do, do this work in us. Uh, enlighten our hearts to who Jesus is. If you're a Christian. But he loves to continue to do that work. He loves to reveal more and more of who God is. And make God real to you. And when you're, when you're reading this, make it real to you. To help you understand it. It's so obvious, isn't it, when God comes and does that. I was in a, I was in a meeting recently. Uh, a lot of you know I was, I was up at a conference called New Day. Uh, about 6,000 people, most of them teenagers. Uh, and a guy was speaking on the holiness of God. And... Um, you know, he spoke his message and you knew something was happening when at the end of the meeting, 6,000 teenagers fall silent. That, that's a very rare event. And I, I just looked around and I thought, this, like, the Holy Spirit's at work. And all, what he was doing is he was just making, uh, there was just such a sense of awe and reverence before God as he was just making it real to people that he is that holy God. And some of those teenagers for the first time responded. Uh, but the, the response to start with was just, wow. Wow. He's enlightening uh, the hearts of people. You see, when you're enlightened to that, to that extent, it's like, it's like it bursts out of you. It's like when we did finally respond in song, people were bursting with praise. Because they'd seen the holiness of God. They had their hearts enlightened to that. And it seems here that Peter... Also, he's bursting uh, with this truth, the truth that he's been enlightened to. He can't help himself. That fear of man that he once had is gone. It's gone. Instead, he's just like, guys, you need to hear this. You need to hear this. He is the only way you can be saved. There is one name under heaven by which you can be saved, and it is Jesus' name. So we've looked at how the Spirit empowers, and we've looked at how the Spirit enlightens. So what's stopping us? What's stopping us being filled uh, with the Spirit? Well, it could be, uh, it could be as simple as, um, you know, there's some schools of thought that actually the Holy Spirit was just for biblical times. Uh, it could be distractions of the world. It could be things that just, you, maybe you're, you're, you're filling your life up with other stuff. Uh, think about Martha. We've, in, again, in this series, we've seen that Martha just running around, doing good things, but too busy to come and sit at Jesus' feet and, and be filled with his spirit. It might be that you've been a Christian for some time, and it's just that sense of actually familiarity is bread content. What did Jesus have to say about the spirit? He said, it is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not, the helper will not come to you. That's a pretty big thing. Jesus is saying, I need to go away so, so this guy, so the helper can come to you. We need the helper. We need the helper. It's no good trying to kind of bumble along ourselves. We need uh, the helper. When we're not full of the Spirit, um, I use the phrase running on empty. I think there's a, there's a picture that's going to come up shortly, uh, which helps kind of show what I mean by this. So as just mentioned, I'm a teacher, uh, and one of my colleagues sent this around uh, at the end of last year, 
And we all had a bit of a laugh about it. Uh, and it's a bit of a silly point, but what I wanna, well, the point I want to make is that actually there is, there is some, there's a lot of truth uh, in that in terms of a teacher. You know, look on the left. We're there in September. We're ready to go. I'll be there tomorrow. Um, you're full of beans. You're, you're ready. And then by the end of the year, you are spent. You're finished. You, you know, you've got nothing left. And it's that contrast I want to get to us. We, we don't want to be Christians that are running on empty, that are looking like they're bedraggled out. We want to be filled with the Spirit. So even in those tough seasons, uh, we're not falling apart. See, there's a um, time at uni. Uh, now, just, just to give a bit of context, I, I, uh, I really became a Christian when I was 16, uh, but I, I was going to a church where they didn't really talk about uh, the things of the Spirit. They didn't, uh, it wasn't uh, really a church that was open to the things of the Spirit. Uh, then I came to uni, and I started going to King's Eastbourne. Uh, and I was quite sceptical, I was quite cynical about all this kind of Holy Spirit stuff. Um, but the more I saw it, uh, and the more kind of I saw the genuine impact uh, and how it helped uh, people, the more I was intrigued, until eventually um, I got filled with the Spirit myself, and I started talking in heavenly languages. And that season for me was a, a season where I, I loved pray- For the first time in my life, I, I enjoyed praying. I enjoyed spending time with God. I was able to connect with God in a way that I hadn't been previously. You see, sometimes we can fill ourselves up uh, on other things, on worldly things. In Ephesians 5, it says, do not be filled with wine, uh, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it might not be wine, it might not be alcohol you're filling yourself up on, but you, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit right now is bringing the same child, you know you're filling yourself up on something. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I know which one I want. I've had, I've had seasons in my life, obviously since, uh, since that time at uni I spoke about, where it's, it's been kind of bad, it's been a slog, it's been tough. I know where I want to be. I want to be living, filled with his Spirit, empowered by his Spirit. I'm going to look at Peter's example one last time, just as we kind of come in uh, to land. You see, Peter was empowered. He was empowered to instruct the crippled man to get up. He was empowered to give a bold account, empowered to declare that it is only by Jesus' name uh, that he was healed and that man could be saved. And he'd been, as we see, he'd been enlightened as well. What are we going to be? What are we going to be? Are we content? We're kind of running on empty or bumbling along. Or are we going to seek the only necessary thing? To sit at his feet, to sit at Jesus' feet, and in so doing be filled with the Spirit. I think the only suitable response uh, this morning, and kind of Jez has already mentioned it, is to do exactly that. It's just to spend some time uh, sat at the feet of Jesus, uh, asking uh, to be filled with the Spirit. Maybe it's the first time for you, maybe it's the thousandth time. But it's something that we need to understand, we need to to seek after again and again. We never move on from that. Uh, Just before I I pray, I just want to read uh, a a few verses from Luke 11, uh, just to encourage us. And it says this, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. 
If you, then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We can come with confidence before our Father, knowing that he loves to give the Holy Spirit, that he loves to give these good gifts. So I'm going to pray now, uh, and then we're just going to have a time. Uh, that I, I imagine the band will come up and, and kind of play for us, but just a time uh, of just asking God uh, to, to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Should we pray? God, I thank you that the only necessary thing is to sit at your feet, to be in this place. And God, I pray uh, that you would fill us with your spirit. I pray uh, that this spirit would continue to enlighten us, that he would empower us. So Holy Spirit, we invite you now. You're so welcome. Would you come? Would you come and fill us up again? Would you show us him? Would you show us Jesus? Would you reveal more of him to us? Would you elevate him right now in our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen.